What's up, my podcast listeners? This is your host, Profound Lekashevsky, and we are doing another screen share presentation styled uh, podcast. Um, so, for those who are listening, highly recommend you click the show notes and watch this episode because we're going to go through a lot of stuff today and I haven't done one of these in a while and I'm pretty excited to get this going again and I'm going to try to keep this to 25 minutes or less but um, it might go over. Anyway, what we're going to talk about today is um, kettlebells but more specifically to carries and carry variations. I recently just did a kettlebell workshop and one of the things that I always do after presenting is I always kind of think back on what I wish I spent more time on, what I would have changed and things of that nature. And the biggest thing that I wish I would have done was to spend a little bit more time on carries. You know, primarily I took a lot of time on the Turkish getup, um, the swing, uh, and the squat, and then got into some smaller specifics. But carries are probably the one most unrated exercise that most people don't do and kind of overlook. When you kind of audit most people's programs, there's some sort of deadlift, there's some sort of press, some sort of pull, and core work. But you don't really see a lot of carries uh, programmed into people's uh, workouts. And I feel like a lot is being left on the table when you don't implement these things. When we look at the very nature of carrying, I can't think of a more functional exercise or bang for your buck exercise to lift something heavy, carry it for a distance and then put it down. You know, most of the time that our grip is being challenged is when we're holding dumbbells on our side to do reverse lunges or lunges in general, and maybe a heavy deadlift, but anything beyond that, we don't really challenge our grip strength enough. And when you look at studies, when it comes to, um, any health measure or a determination of how long you're going to live, grip strength always pops up because everything that we do every single day requires us to use these things called hands to hold on to something. And, you know, what better way to think of functional strength when, you know, if you watch any movie where you're holding on for dear life about to fall off a building, you'd like to think that you'd be able to hold on for at least like you know, 10 seconds. Um, what we're going to do is go through a couple exercises that I use, but before we get into that, I want to kind of place an emphasis on why I like using carries. When I see people training in the gym and, you know, from my own personal experience, when I'm training people going back to lunges, say they're used to carrying 20 pound dumbbells while they're doing lunges and you know they have a good grasp on it they feel good with it and they want to go up and wait what i see the most that happens is the moment they bump up to like the 25s grip is the first thing to go and not so much the legs so say you program 10 um 10 reps per side and you're holding on to dear life and like if i have my hand out this way 
as people are gripping it, they eventually start doing this thing where their pinky and like their wedding finger, ring finger, um, tends to loosen and then they end up holding it like this and then the top of the weight is here because their grip is done. Another example of that is where people are like, oh, I want to start doing chin-ups or pull-ups. And the number one thing that limits them is them actually holding on the barbell, well, not the barbell, the bar or the chin-up handles or whatever you have uh, at your gym or home. And it's not so much your back or your biceps or arms, it's just the forearms lose strength and power. And carries can actually do a lot to help with those things. And that's not the only examples that I have is like, say, let's go back to the deadlift. There's been many times where people start getting heavier in their deadlift. And number one thing that goes is their grip strength. They start holding the bar and they start doing this and they're like holding on to dear life. And then what's the solution? People get wrist straps. Again, I'm not a huge fan of wrist straps. It's just a lot of people rely on them. So those two examples I already gave is the chin-ups and the reverse lunges. When people get to that point, they go to the straps and then they're using them all the time. So now you've completely taken away the environment or the opportunity to actually utilize your grip strength and challenge it to get stronger because you're constantly relying on straps. And, you know, sometimes there's a time and place for it. But for most general population people, they do not need that. If I have someone that's trying to go from 20 pounds to 25 pounds on a lunge or a split squat, I would be more worried about other things than, holy shit, I need to get straps to be able to do this exercise. You know, If I was an individual where I've been really trying to push my legs and hold on to like 75-pound dumbbells, hell yes, sure, grab some straps. But if you're not holding on to something as heavy as that, you probably don't need straps. Again, this is just my own personal opinion, but if I'm trying to build a monster in the gym and someone to get strong on all these different aspects of what their goals are, straps are not the answer. You know, and then going back to the deadlift example, what's the other solution where people are like, oh, I can't grip the bar because it's too heavy. They go into a mixed grip. And again, there's so many people out there that do the mix grip and sure it works great. Awesome. But again, you're leaving a lot on the table, but again, you can go back and forth like this, like a ping pong match. Um, sure. Use it. If your primary focus is just deadlifting heavier, but if you're looking to improve other aspects of your training, you're probably not going to be able to get there with, a mixed grip deadlift and then hoping for the best on your grip for other things. Right. So I'm a huge believer on, um, not using straps. And personally I've deadlifted 300 pounds without doing a mixed grip and sure along the way, my grip would fatigue, but that's where the programming comes into play to make sure you don't run into that issue. Right. So, The other thing I want to say about the mixed grip is that when you get to near maximal loads, I've seen way too many videos online of people uh, snapping their bicep tendon. Because if you think about holding the bar in a mixed grip, like the arm that's underhand, it's in a fully extended position, and then you're trying to pull a heavy load, like 
probably not going to be the best idea to do that over and over and over again. Uh, but again, that's people's choice, people's opinions. But if I had a client looking to increase their deadlift and grip was the limiting factor, I would look at other options before going to straps or a mixed grip. Anyway, carries. How do we place them into programming? One, you can put them at the very beginning. You can put them in a conditioning workout. You can put them in a core section. You can put them at the end of a superset after you do a push, pull, a leg, and now you can do a carry. I personally prefer using heavy kettlebells. I understand that most people don't have that, and they're most likely going to go with a uh, dumbbell, which is totally fine. I just prefer a kettlebell because if you've watched any of my other um, videos, we've gone over the importance of why the kettlebell sometimes outbeats the dumbbell. And one of the biggest benefits is that because a dumbbell is evenly dispersed in weight, say you have a 20 pound dumbbell, it's evenly put out throughout the side, the, what is it? The outline of the dumbbell. Whereas a kettlebell, you have like this big ball thing and then the horns. So primarily all the weight is in the ball part, but then you still have some weight in the handle. And then now the way that you're holding it, it becomes an extension of your limb. And if you have a longer lever, that means you have to work harder. That means you have to work with more calories burned, more energy expenditure, and everyone that's listening and watching, we all want to be able to burn calories, lose fat, and gain muscle. So why not utilize a tool that does all three? That's just my way of looking at it. If I was in a gym and I had a choice of here's kettlebells, here's dumbbells, and I have a dumbbell row, a press, lunges, I might as well grab the kettlebells. The other thing, too, is most of those kettlebells, depending on the make, the handle's a little bit thicker than a dumbbell. And the other thing that I really like about kettlebells is that the handle is smooth throughout. So the people that complain about getting calluses, that's another small benefit because most dumbbells have that edged grip that rips, kind of like a barbell. But again, if you use kettlebells um, correctly and you're doing snatches and single arm swings, you're still going to develop calluses. But anyway, it's going to feel a little bit nicer. So not only does farmer carries and carry variations promote better grip strength, it allows you to expose a lot of weaknesses in the body. Number one, if I told you to go to your dumbbell rack and pick up the 20, uh, not the 20, the 70 pound dumbbells, your approach is going to be a lot different than I told you to go pick up the 15s. If you go to pick up the 15s, you're probably just going to lean over, grab them, whatever, you're done. But if I told you to go grab the 70s at the bottom rack, what's most likely going to happen is you're going to be like, oh, shit, they're heavy. I need to lean forward. I'm going to grip it tight. And then I'm going to squeeze everything I got, and I'm going to lift it up like a deadlift, and I'm going to walk over to wherever I'm working out. Complete different mindset. And the moment you pick up something heavy, something very important happens. And I always tell this to my clients. If I give you a heavy weight to hold by your side, it's probably not going to feel good if I was holding 270s and I look like this. My body is probably not going to last that long 
in this position. What's going to happen naturally is you, even if you fall in this position, your body's going to want to go here. And what does this look like? Pretty good posture. So now I'm in a joint-centrated position where my joints are in a place where they are the strongest, they have the most power, and the most, like, optimal position to do whatever exercise I want. So if I'm holding dumbbells heavy enough, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do this. This requires more energy. And again, we're going back to the whole idea of burning calories, burning fat, and gaining muscle, which we all want to do, and carries fucking just light that shit up quite quickly. Now, I want to go over um, a couple of variations that I do. And one of the most simplest things is like, you literally have to just pick it up and you walk, you know? And if you look at strongman competitions, the farmer care is still there. It's one of like the most sought out things that they do in those competitions and anyone can do them. And I don't think of, I can't think of anything more functional than picking up something heavy and walking down a certain amount of distance and then putting them down. Right. I always make the joke, like, you going to the grocery store and trying to grab 17 bags out of your trunk and then rush over to the door. Like that's the most functional thing because you're not going to do two trips. Right. But that's going to translate to so many other things. So I'm going to kind of stop rambling because I just realized that it's, I'm just, I'm just going way too into this. So, but um, we are going to do a screen share. We're going to get into some videos uh, and this is a perfect opportunity to tell you guys, if you have not subscribed to my YouTube channel, what are you doing with your life? Come on now. <laughs> All right. I'm going to make myself a little bit bigger here. Um, so let's just get into farmer carries. All right. I'm going to try to get into as many as possible. Okay. Let's look at this. So, the one thing I want you to notice, and I'm going to move this back. Look at my start position. I'm going to go into a deadlift. Most people, when they pick up a carry, they'll fall into really bad positions where they, like not a bad position, they'll just fall into a bad habit of getting into the wrong position. So I always tell people, like, one, we're going to be deadlifting this guy off the ground. And if you go heavy enough, you're now adding another hip hinge. You're also working your legs. Like you see how it's going to like trickle into other things. And the big thing here, I'm walking on an inline and I've started this process probably eight years ago or even no, honestly, this would have been 11 years ago when I used to work at a big box gym on a Monday at 6 p.m. when I was trying to get my workout in, there was no chance of hell that I was going to do a farmer carry on the length of a gym. There's no room. So what I do to this day with clients is I walk on an inline and I do 10 steps forward and 10 steps back. Why? If I walk on an inline, I'm forced to go slower. When I go slower, it's now going to... Uh, promote a little bit more time under tension and more time in the position. 
So if I were to walk, say, 30 yards, and that's the length of a gym, this would take the exact same amount of time. So I'm not skipping out on, you know, the endurance of the exercise. I might sneeze. So heel to toe, I'm also working a lot of stability here. So, man, I'm going to sneeze. It's coming. Maybe not. Um, One thing that I like about the inline, not only does it slow you down to spend more time in the position, but it also works foot stability, ankle stability, knee stability, hip stability, low back stability, just everything, right? Because most people have shitty balance. Like I think the statistic is you need to be able to stay on one leg with the other knee at 90 degrees for at least a minute without doing any wobbles. Like you should be just solid. And most of the time when I give an inline farmer carriage to somebody, they're all over the place. And if I can't get someone just to walk forward and back without feeling off balance, imagine what's going to happen in a lunge scenario, walking lunges, reverse lunges, deadlift, back squat, those type of things where you need to have a strong single leg um, stability and strength on both sides so you don't lean to one side or favor one side, like this is where carries come into play. Now I tend to do a farmer carry like this with almost everybody. Now my progression from here, uh, let's move myself out of here. And we're going to go into a single arm farmer carry. So same position to start gripping tight on this and gripping with my other fist to create some stability. So the bell here is pulling me literally. So I need to utilize my opposite hip and opposite oblique here to keep myself upright without falling over. Now, how I look at this is this is literally a walking side plank. And a lot of times where when I get people side planking and they have shoulder stuff sometimes a side plank position does not feel good because of just the nature of how the shoulder has to kind of stay in that socket position and a lot of people end up doing this whereas if i hold a dumbbell or kettlebell down here it feels a little bit nicer on the shoulder because it's going to naturally want to sit in a better optimal position in this case when i am carrying it's literally fighting anti-lateral flexion which is what a side plank is. So a lot of times I utilize this when I have a client or patient that's dealing with a messed up shoulder, but they still need to work that lateral core. From here, I also like to do bottoms up kettlebell uh, carries. So let's get into that next. Here we go. Hopefully my battery doesn't run out. I don't know why the quality is terrible, but uh, I don't know why the quality is terrible, but same idea, inline position, bottoms up position. Why is the bottom up position in this. When we look at stability, 
if you just look at, say, your shoulders and hips, those are the two joints that need a lot of stability in order for you to do a lot of stuff, um, athletically or just anything in general. So when we put ourselves in a bottoms up position like so, the kettlebell up top is the heaviest part and you basically have to squeeze that handle to make sure that this doesn't fall. So just by squeezing that, I'm also creating um, instability where I need to fight it. So even though this is going to be a lighter load, because that's the other thing too, is like sometimes when we train, you might be limited on what you have for equipment. Sometimes people don't have a full kettlebell, um, you know, a set to do farmer carry. So sometimes it's like, I just have a 10 kilo and that's all I got. This is, this is where it would come in. So in a bottoms up position, because it's so unstable, again, my shoulder is going to want to be in a better position to hold it. And if I falter this way, the bell's going to fall. If I go too far this way, the bell's going to fall. So I have to stay in a neutral position. And again, grip strength, wrist strength, shoulder packing. It's also fighting anti-lateral flexion. I'm also working foot stability, ankle stability, knee stability, hip stability, everything. This is like, this is my whole jam is like finding exercises that, um, can do a lot more than just one thing. Because again, clients, they don't have a lot of time. And if I'm seeing them twice a week only, I need to find things that can cover all bases. So this is one of the things that most people absolutely hate because it exposes so many weaknesses. Another thing too is like, say that you are limited with um, weights and stuff like that, and your 10 kilo becomes easy. When you grab a kettlebell in a bottoms up position, like your fist will end up being here a little bit. What I tell people to do is like these knuckles that are pointing this way, just turn this guy straight. And now that becomes even more challenging. I highly re recommend that you guys try this at home and you'll see what I mean. Just by a small little change like that is going to make a huge difference. Now say that I've mastered these three. I also like getting into some more um, more challenging, um, kettlebell carry variations. So say I am also getting comfortable with a kettlebell in general. Why are these such bad quality? I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to get in a front rack position. Front rack is now also challenging my anterior core. It's preventing me from collapsing, so I have to fight it. And now I also have it in a bottoms-up position, so it's pulling me this way. So I have two forces that are putting me out of alignment, and I need to fight those two. This is really fucking hard if you have a challenging weight. So in this video, I'm using a 24 kilo because this was part of my workout, and I am fighting hard to make sure that this thing doesn't fall, right? Um last one that I kind of want to get into is a double front rack farmer carry. If I can find it in my video, and I think I need to refilm some of these because we are starting to get some old videos like this one from my old gym. So double front rack position. So this one's on an inline, but I'm walking straight. So the double front rack position. One, you're going to have a lot of load. 
Because even if I had 210 kilos, that's 44 pounds already. Like that's already pretty tough. Here I have 16s, so that's 70 pounds. So I'm literally holding 70 pounds that's pulling me down this way, and I have to use my anterior core to keep myself upright. And now I'm also going to be, and again, this video doesn't show it, but an inline position where I'm going to be challenged quite a bit with stability. The other thing with the double rack that I absolutely despise because it's challenging is as you get heavier, it pushes down on your rib cage and your ribs have motion. Like they can expand and depress down because of us breathing. So if I have say 224 kilos, which is 53 pounds each. So we're at 106 pounds pushing down into my chest. It's going to be really hard for me to have full respiration, which is now going to pre-fatigue me even more. So I'm working twice as hard with limited amount of oxygen going into my body. Like this is why kettlebells are far superior than dumbbells because you don't really have a position where you can hold two dumbbells together like that. The only way I found it is holding them upright and squeezing them together. But the way the nature of the bell being just seated into this little area here, it's a whole different kind of feeling. So I'm going to stop the screen share so we can go back to here. But I showed you, what, five different variations, four different variations, and all of them are going to do its job. I find that these are the highest payoff when it comes to finding weaknesses because a lot of times people will get into certain lifts or certain workouts where they just hit a plateau and they can't get anywhere. And that's the small little things where you need to find and carries tend to find those weaknesses very quickly. And you feel it. Anytime I've given someone a carry with a challenging weight, they feel it right away. And then they're like, holy shit, I need to start doing this more. And when you look at most programs, there's not a lot of carries. There's a lot of hip thrusts. There's a lot of deadlifts. There's a lot of bench press. There's a lot of pressing overhead. There's a lot of pull-ups. There's a lot of dumbbell rows. There's not a lot of carries. And I think a lot of people just forget about them. And you need to put them in. Now, this doesn't mean that you need to now all of a sudden like throw in carries into your program and every single day you're carrying. No, like fully implemented. Just start with two, you know, kettlebells, two dumbbells in a carry position, three sets of 10 steps forward, 10 steps back twice. And that's going to be long enough to create a, um, a stimulus to adapt to and then start utilizing all those progressions, right? So I gave you five different kettlebell carries. Start with the double one for four weeks, then the single uh, arm, then the bottoms up single arm, the front rack single arm, and then the double front rack. So you have basically five months worth of programming with carries and they continue to challenge you as you progress as well. So I'm going to leave it at that, and I might do a part two of carries or other things with kettlebells um, that can kind of find those small weaknesses that you need to work on. If you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out. Uh, hit the show notes. Watch this episode if you're listening. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Share this podcast with your friends and family. Add me on Facebook and add me on Instagram. And that's it for me. Until next time, you guys. 